Why, hello, it is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this. The month of May in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not already ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Show, an excursion into amusements of all varieties. Uh, good morning to you. It is Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-228-4101 on this uh, Tuesday. 503-228-4101. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, coming up in today's show, we have CNN Radio correspondent Bob Costantini. And I think it'll be Bob's first time joining us since we moved over to KUFO. So I think there are vast swaths of the Rock 101 audience that is not yet known the magic of the man. I don't remember who he is. <laughs> well done, Tim. Um, I'll be sure to pass along your regards to Bob and all the uh, little Constantinis. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us from the Hill later on. Uh, also, Jim Root from California, where even as we speak, Donald Trump may be sharpening the figurative uh, knives to remove the crown and the title and the robe and the whatever and the shame and the remaining bits of dignity from Miss California. Uh, Don Taylor will be joining us from Cinematical today. We'll talk about new DVD releases. And the shame and pain of others becomes your amusement. Uh, as Katie Darrell from TMZ.com uh, comes by the show. They're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic live. That is Joel Hodgson and uh, some of the other remaining folks uh, from the original uh, cast of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And I say some of the other remaining folks as they're all as, as though they're just dying off like the Rat Pack. But no, they, I've seen it and it's all of them. <laughs> it, well, it's not all of them because well, half of them, of them half of them went to riff tracks. Well, it was a lot of the voices that I recognized. Yeah, so it's so it's split into basically. I mean, it, it's not like there's any sort of not like there's some sort of battle going on between the two, but it, but they sort of diverged into two directions. There's Joel Hodgson and uh, I think the original TV's Frank and some of those guys. That was the doing, best version. They're doing it, there. There is sort of a Han and Luke. Uh, division inside the mystery science theater world, and I mean everybody's sort of a fan of the entire series, but they but they they diverged off into two different areas, and so Mike Nelson, those guys who we've also had on the show, uh, they do riff tracks, which is the sort of pre-recorded version, and then Joel Hodgson and those guys are going around and they do I think some pre-recorded stuff as well, and then they do it live for Cinematic Titanic, and so they're going to be coming to town at the Newmark May 29th and 30th. And so we got a pair of tickets for that today. Also, uh, the Dana Carvey Show on DVD, the late, great Dana Carvey Show, which existed for one glorious moment uh, back in the 90s before being callously and cruelly canceled by an unfeeling and a non-comprehending network. It is 503-228-4101. You can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or nibbler at kufo.com. Uh, and so forth. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you today? Well, hello there. I'm doing good. I'm a little wonky because I didn't stay at my house last night. Some uh, house slash dog sitting for Lisa Wood. I thought you were... Oh, see, I, I'm confused because for a second, I had thought you were sitting for your other friend, Lisa, with the kid. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting for Lisa Wood. All right, okay. This not makes Lisa a lot with more the kid, sense. Lisa with the wood. No, no, no. The... Yes. The... Uh, yeah, so not not your kind of tall friend, Lisa, uh, who's married and has the, uh, the baby. This is Lisa Wood, who's promotions director, co-host of the Punk Show here at, here at KUFO. So she's gone, so you're, you're sitting for her dog, which I don't think I've ever met. Yeah, her dog Annabelle is like the cutest thing ever. Right. So I house that for her, but you know, she lives in a big house, and it was kind of like creepy because it makes all kinds of weird noises, and I'm there by myself. So I ended up sleeping on the couch instead of on the guest room. 
And then I couldn't sleep because I kept hearing all these like like weird creaks and stuff. So I put in my earplugs, which of course meant that I didn't hear my alarm for 15 minutes. That's I'm fantastic. On the couch as I'm breathing in like dog hair. Oh, man. I don't think I... Yeah, I think I, I got like bits and pieces of sleep all night between that and like, you know... Because Annabelle's like, the cutest dog ever, but she sheds a lot. So I feel like my insides are just covered in fur right now. My insides are covered in fur. It's the best and worst thing how, you've ever said. How loud said. is a house that you need earplugs? Is it like teetering no, back and forth? No, it wasn't loud, but there were like, you know, people walking by and it was like creaky. And Well, how's it, and houses have their own sound. Every house. Yeah, and they have like a big basement too. And so like, I was trying not to psych myself out because it's just like a, you know, a big house and I'm there by myself. Full of evil spirits. I think, yes, also that, <laughs> yes, Tim. that too. <laughs> then what with the swimming pool full of skeletons out back? It was just, <laughs> it was a night of tossing and turning. <laughs> With all, I mean, this sounds like the most pedantic of observations, but I mean, all houses kind of have their own set of sounds, just like like when you were growing up, you go to your friend's house to like hang out or whatever, and your friend's house would have a very particular smell for reasons that you could never really quantify. Like It wasn't like, it wasn't like they were making something specific for dinner, you know, or because it, it, it wasn't... It wasn't like like plants or anything or you know like an air freshener you just but the house had its own very distinct scent to it and everybody's does and you couldn't really ever establish why that was and so every house kind of has their own set of noises as well please tell me that in the uh, in the guest room that it was a hide bed like it was a pull out like it came out of a couch and had like a huge metal rod halfway down the middle it was a hide bed <laughs> so i decided wonderful. so i got all the bedding and stuff and uh, took it out into the living room and slept on the couch something like a hide bed God, what a quintessentially uh, 60s and 70s thing that is. It was. I felt like it was in the episode of, of Seinfeld when uh, Jerry and Elaine go to visit Jerry's parents in Florida. And they sleep on the thing with the bar, like the bar in the middle of it. Yeah. But the couch was really comfortable. Excellent. You know, minus the scary noise. I have a, an observation to make about earplugs, but we'll get back to that later. At the news desk, let's pay a visit to your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Yahoo has won a legal battle. Over removing nude photos of an Oregon woman who claimed her boyfriend posted on the website without her knowledge or permission. The United U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that Internet service providers such as Yahoo are generally protected from liability for negligence in publishing or posting material of a third party. Cecilia Barnes had filed a lawsuit in 2005 in Portland claiming her boyfriend not only posted nude photos but created a fraudulent profile and posted as her... On an online chat room to solicit sex. Okay, well, that certainly seems... I was going to say, if you give your boyfriend nude photos, you got to imagine that something untoward is going to be done with them. I, and mean, I hope it's now ex-boyfriend. Any number it's of not levels. like he's posting them on Fred Meyer on the bulletin board. No, well, I... I but, I mean, if he's going online and, My name is Cecilia, I'm looking for a tall man... That's the creepy, and I would say certainly falls under the textbook uh, definition of fraudulence. Mm-hmm. Uh, rescue workers. A rescued a man trapped under a burning lawnmower... This happened at the town of Corbett. A man was using a riding lawnmower, flipped over, and he was using, according to the story, he was using a lawnmower to cut the grass. What else would he be using the lawnmower for? Uh, this is along the edge of a road when he slipped over the edge, rolled down the embankment. The man was thrown off the mower into some blackberry bushes, and the mower landed on top of him. Jesus, God. The heat from the mower lit the bushes on fire. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to the laugh. the man was trapped under the burning lawnmower. Is he alive? Yes. By the time the neighbor arrived, the bushes had given away, and the mower had uh, rolled another 15 to 20 feet on top of him. He does have uh, some injuries, but he wasn't Jesus. burned in the fire. Good God Almighty. He, he is 
The lawnmower rolled on top of him, which is enough of an injury, but he wasn't burned uh, by the flaming blackberry bushes or That's whatever. That's just one of those things where it's like every every time one step of that story took place, it was, well, this day can't get any worse for me. Uh, 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 crap! You know, and then <laughs> as the brambles go up in flames around him. All right. Uh, just back on the Yahoo thing for just a second here before yeah. we... Uh, I have to say that that actually ties it with something I was reading yesterday, which is where there was a federal judge who just settled some sort of or ruled in a case about that. Have you gone to that website, Hot Girls with Douchebags? Yes, I go there all the time. I love that site. And I guess they put out a book because every website becomes a book at some point. This is some sort of a rule. But there's now a coffee table book of that of that site just called Hot Girls with Douchebags. And it's just endless photos of just these really attractive girls who are just posing with just these absolute nozzles i mean just these guys are just tool machines and i guess a woman filed a lawsuit saying it, it wasn't like the douchebag in question who filed the lawsuit it was a woman saying i would never hang out with i don't even know who that guy is he was just standing next to me at a party it was hilarious because the guy was such a douche that she actually filed a lawsuit claiming that it was misrepresentative to say that she would ever voluntarily stand next to him for a photograph. How'd you like to be that guy where a woman actually goes to court to have the government rule that she would never knowingly pose for a photograph with you? So, in any event. All right, it's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, Bob Costantini from CNN. More news from Tim Riley. And uh, later on, Katie Darrow from TMZ.com. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere. I'm a feminist, but look at my boobs. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Excellent. That's how you start a morning. It is 503-228-4101. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Oh, you're doing that thing. You're compulsively picking off small pieces of dog hair that only you can see. Oh, no, you can see them, too. I'm covered in it. Do you oh. see all this? Oh, I see them. Ugh. No. Uh, you can email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah with an H at KUFO.com, Tim at KUFO.com, or Nibbler at KUFO.com. Later on the uh, in this hour, we have seen a radio correspondent, Bob Costantini. And coming up later on in the morning, we have the Dana Carvey Show on DVD, as well as a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic. Uh, They're going to be uh, in town live May 29th and 30th at the Newmark Theater. At the news desk, this is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. A Clarkamous woman. Apparently, was trying to import illegal leopard skins, and she got caught. They ended up in the wrong place. Anna Goida imported three leopard skins from... Goida. Goida. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. If I go to the doctor, can he remove this Goida? Well, anyway, she tried to import them from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Is it they're, they're democratic? I didn't there. think the Congo existed anymore. I thought it was. I thought that the Congo was now Zaire. Well, they changed the names and they moved the signs around every so often. You know, growing up uh, in the in Kennewick, uh, we had this. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just because we were in Kennewick and Rubes. I mean, that didn't help certainly. But uh, one of the decorations we had in the sort of the front room of our house is my mom had this vintage classroom map from about 1935 or so. Mm-hmm. It was it was gray. Had that kind of. The combination of pastel colors and fading from the sun because it had hung in a classroom for a long time. And she put this frame around it and hung in the living room. Anyway, it was really great. But it had all of these completely outdated names for everything. And I remember the, like, right in the middle of, um, uh, right in the middle of, what is it? The, in, in the middle of Africa? Is that where the, is that where Zaire is? Yes. I guess so. Might as well be. Such an ugly American. Uh, but it just said the Congo in big letters. 
which just looking at it, you could hear like old B-movie serial music sort of playing in your head while you were imagining. Like Tarzan and Jane. Totally. Well, you would just picture like the purple rose of Cairo guy with a pith helmet sort of, uh, you know, like hacking his way through the undergrowth of the machete. I'm sorry. So she's, uh, so Miss Goiter, I'm sorry, Goiter yeah. is importing leopard skins to Clackamas for what purpose? Uh, just for fun. To create something tasteful that she can sell at the Clackamas Mall. Well, she gets two years of probation, 250 hours of community service, and has to make a $500 community service to the Oregon Endangered Species Act. Yes, all right. But clearly, well, never mind. I was just going to make more five. I was going to make more jokes at the expense of Clackamas, but I'll just, I'll save those for later. This is another bad thing from Coopville, Washington, wherever that may be. Oh, that's on Whidbey Island. All right. Well, a local woman there claims her parents sold her to her husband for 30,000 pesos. The case which prosecutors described as disturbing and shocking came to light after police responded to domestic violence call at the couple's Whidbey Island home. So you say this is a nice area? Uh, Aaron Leva said his 18-year-old neighbor knocked on the door at 2 a.m. to strike. But for help, she was knocked on doors. Uh, she was almost uh, stripped of all her clothing, pretty much. Uh, and apparently, this has some things to do with domestic abuse. So she was sold for 30,000 pesos. I'm so confused. So Whidbey Island. So, I, I mean, I know where that is, but I don't know a whole lot about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whidbey Island is, um, you know, like in Washington State where there's that little, like, divot at the top? Yeah. Yeah, so Whidbey Island's like right in the middle of. But that it's part too. of Washington. It's not like a Canadian province. Or yeah, no, yeah, right? it's an island. So, oh, it's what is it like? What are the? I mean, what is hell. it? <laughs> is okay. that what the sign says? <laughs> yes. I hated living there more that's, than anything in the entire world. That's fantastic. I didn't know you lived there. Yeah, no, I lived in Whidbey Island. Uh, Coopville was. Um, I went, is that Coopville like chicken coop? Yeah, it's it's a pretty small town, and I lived in a town right outside of Coopville. And when I was younger, we used to sneak out and go and you know drink beer in an abandoned house in Coopville. Oh, it was like, that sounds like, hick town. That sounds like a fantastic place where apparently women are cheap too. So yeah. okay, thirty thousand pesos. There you go. They don't even use American currency there that anymore. So that was going to be my next thing. Is why are they even? No, it's just a town full of white people. I I'm don't not know. not saying I mean, you ought to be. They thought it was exotic to use pesos. <laughs> not say it'll give it that hint of mystique. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you ought to be buying and selling people at Whidbey Island or anywhere else. That seems like a thing that is both wrong and uh, illegal even there. Um, even to break up the boredom. But pesos. I mean, it isn't 30,000 pesos like like $4 or something. I mean, I look, I don't know a whole... I, I, I don't know. I like buy you a styrofoam cup in most cases, if that. I don't have a currency calculator or anything on me, but I thought that 30,000 pesos doesn't seem like a whole lot. Maybe they don't accept euros there. That's entirely possible. Maybe there was 30,000 pesos, but that was like it, that was in addition to some sort of dowry or barter or something. Or maybe they were offering to fix the guy's Camaro, uh, you know, and then also, look, here's some pesos. All right, here's Tim Riley. So I have two stories relating to this uh, plane crash outside Buffalo. Remember that small commuter yes. plane that went down? Well, there are two separate stories, and neither of them say that the pilot was very good at what he did. Uh, apparently, bad uh, pilot training and fatigue may have caused it. The captain, whose name was Marvin, Captain Marvin, failed several test rides in aircraft simulators over the course of his career. Uh, these are very serious issues, they said. What with he, the crashing and all? And then, apparently, he was flirting with his shapely co-pilot moments before the crash, who was much younger than he was. And they played back the tapes, so I don't know what they said on them, but he should have been paying more attention to flying the plane than, well, think let's, about what he might do later. Let's back up for a moment. So this this is the this isn't the passenger plane. This no, is a commuter plane. This is the little commuter plane. And how many? It's so, a it's a Dash Eight Bombardier. So this 
So this is uh, this guy Marvin and the quote shapely co-pilot, and then who else was it? Did it hit a house or something? Yeah, remember that it hit the house, it came down really quick. I hate that, and I hate that sound. I'm not trying to sound like a jerk about this. I just sometimes these plane accidents, I can't keep them all straight in my head because uh, there's like that jet that landed in San Diego. So we're, I mean, we're innocent. Uh, we're innocents killed here. Yes, lots. Uh, well, uh, see, I can't. I can't remember. So this is it hit. A, did it hit a neighborhood or something? In, it hit a house in Buffalo. All right. Mm-hmm. So he was flirting with the woman in the uh, cockpit? His co-pilot, yes. All who's right. much younger than he was. Maybe you, uh, maybe you just save that till you get home, huh, Bob? Maybe you just, uh, just uh, wait until you, wait until you're back at the ranch for it that. It says he was never properly trained on the Dash 400's anti-stick pusher. Well, alright. It is 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, Bob Costantini will be joining us uh, from the Hill. Uh, later on, Don Taylor from Cinematical and Katie Darrell from TMZ. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Rick Emerson. Maybe he is hot. I don't know. Maybe it's all this vampire sex that's getting to my head. I don't know. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. That's pretty much the greatest thing I've ever heard just there. Excellent. That was uh, Katie Darrell from TMZ. What a little sprite she is. Uh, she'll be joining us later on today. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-228-4101. Also today, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic uh, live and in person when they come to town. We'll also talk to Don Taylor from Cinematical. This, however, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now on the program... A God who walks like a man, giving you the news as only he can. That was an unfortunate rhyme just now. CNN Radio correspondent Bob Costantini. Hello, sir. How are you today? Hey, Rick. How are you? I am fantastic, my friend. How's life? How are things? Uh, good, good. It's, uh, I think this is my first time with you on the new... Uh... Station. Yes, it is. And see, but now we're more, uh, you know, we're kind of uh, operating in your world, Bob. This is your time zone because, you know, but we, we were sort of on, uh, well, we weren't sort of on, we were on a middays before, which is kind of at the tail end of your day and just at the beginning of ours. But now it's like we're playing in your house, Bob Costantini. It's not even six o'clock there, is it? Uh, it is 541. That's 19 minutes before six o'clock, 41 minutes after five, Bob. <laughs> Uh, a significant change of your uh, there's life. also uh, everybody there and there's weather of some kind happening outside uh here in portland i'm not entirely sure what their weather is but i know that it's here in oregon so all right yeah. hey let me uh ask you this if i were to ask you if uh barack obama has a secret plan uh, to rescue jobs and fix everything uh, would i regret it uh would you regret it <laughs> i mean i would here's the thing is i like to believe uh, it's like how Nixon claimed that he had that secret plan for getting peace yeah. in Vietnam, and I think the secret plan just involved nuking the rest of the planet. I don't think he was ever really allowed to institute that. I think that outside events intervened before that uh, before that eventuality was arrived at. But but I would like to believe, you know, when you see Barack Obama on television, he does have this very calm, centered self assurance about him, yeah. and. In my darkest moments, I like to think that he carries in a small valise with him a single sheet of paper. And on that piece of paper, in 12-point Helvetica type, there is, in fact, an entirely secret plan for fixing everything uh, and returning uh, America to you know its former status as a economically stable country. Um, yes, well, that's an obvious uh, point to segue to what uh, the uh, Obama administration has been doing, because, yeah, the the economic stimulus plan, uh, you know, the administration officials are emphasizing significantly 
that you know it's just starting to take hold as uh, one of the uh, uh, background uh, briefers uh, said yesterday um but they're you know they're extrapolating the graph out a little bit to the uh uh, middle of August, saying that they will create or save 750,000 jobs across the United States um, by then. Uh, with this, you know, the whole $787 billion American Recovery and Reinvestment Act that's supposed to create or save 3.5 million jobs uh, by the end of uh, 2010. So here's a silly question. So we got 750,000 jobs are trying to save, and that is because of the economic stimulus plan, which is funded by... I don't even, I've lost track of how many, the, the hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. And well, 787 billion total, um, about uh, maybe not even a quarter of that is uh, for the um, so-called, uh, you know, public works kind of end of the stimulus. And then that money, in turn, has come from... You and me. Where? Well, <laughs> that's great, okay. So, well, uh, we're... We are, in effect, borrowing it. So this too. is sort of a uh, this is kind of a be charitable or else uh, sort of a situation that we're in right now. Uh, yes, and uh, you know, Oregon is slated to get one and a half uh, more than that uh, billion dollars, and uh, for a variety of things. And the reason that they can, you know, have some say about the jobs created is that all of this, uh, all, all of the projects, by and large, that have been uh, that are being supported now. Uh, a lot of this is available on the Internet. The states are supposed to set up uh, their own sites regarding the Recovery Act, as is the federal government. It's called uh, recovery.gov, and you can get on there and see, including I'm on the page right now, uh, the, the Oregon page, which details where some of this money is going, where the millions and millions of dollars are going into the various programs. And uh, Oregon's largest uh, share of all this is $838 million, uh, that's going to the State Fiscal Stabilization Fund. And what that means is that your state, uh, as so many others are, are having trouble uh, making ends meet. And you know, that's, that's a significant part of all. No one really packs the words State Fiscal Stabilization Fund <laughs> full of as much panache and punch as you do, Bob. Really, there's just... Yes, exciting as ever. You add such course. sizzle to that. I also know that uh, the X million dollars is being used to uh, create a train that will just stream felons into downtown Portland from the outlying areas, which is a thing that I guess... Oh, you're on that uh, uh, light rail thing again. That's right, Bob. <laughs> uh, so, which I guess, I think that's probably just a roundabout way of supporting the prison system, but that's just speculation on my part i i don't, I don't really necessarily think so i don't know that that's true that's just editorial comment bob i'm not expecting you to weigh in on that all right my friend it was uh, it was good to uh, to have you on the show we'll have to have you back now that we're uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in uh, in morning drive always a pleasure all right thank you sir there you go take care right? cnn radio correspondent kneel before him son of Jorel. that last part didn't make any sense it's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we'll talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Tim Riley will rejoin us uh, at the news desk later on. We'll have Katie Darrell from TMZ.com, uh, as uh, well as Don Taylor from Cinematical. Ladies and gentlemen, you are just four minutes ahead of uh, ACDC uh, off... Uh, God, what the hell is it... Uh, I wanted to say it was off a power edge, but it's not. It's off high voltage. You are four minutes away uh, what kind from... What of a DJ are you? <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim. I'm full of fail. I was getting ready to be all zinky and to refer to TNT as coming off power edge, but it's not off power edge if it's off of uh, high voltage. So there you go. So four minutes away from TNT coming up next hour. Jim Roop from CNN Radio, Los Angeles. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Rock 101. <laughs> 
KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Tuesday morning. 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roof from Los Angeles. We'll talk about the strange case of Miss California. Uh, later on, we will have uh, Don Taylor from Cinematical stepping by to talk uh, about DVD releases and Katie Darrell from TMZ. Plus tickets to see Cinematic Titanic. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Tuesday morning. Playboy magazine will get a facelift to attract younger guys. The Arctic returns to the hospital for surgery. A St. Louis woman finds a skip to the Twilight sequel in the trash. And a traveling cone of silence has been invented. Like the Get Smart uh, cone of silence? That's correct. An electronic one. What is that? Cone of silence. I don't think answering the question by just repeating the same three words over and over again counts as actual explication Basically, of the Basically, it releases a lot of white noise around you in a public place so nobody can eavesdrop on your conversation. Is this going to be like that thing where you just like in the in the hotel room of every spy film where they just turn on the shower uh, to try to you know avoid being eavesdropped upon? Mm-hmm. All right, fantastic. Well, here's a let me play a little bit of sound from here. For example, like a week ago, I heard. Uh, oh, you're freaking me out! Yeah, I know it was. Then there's this guy, Bill. This is without putting sound. This is putting sound and sound. No, seriously. Putting the silence off? Actually, pretty good. But, um, Putting the silence is off. And then this other guy, Mike, I work with him on the phone, and it turns out his wife wants him to get a vasectomy. Yeah. I mean, uh, What's going on here? Putting the silence back on. It's like I can taste the colors with my mind, Tim. All right, that's Why we not, do it again? That's a, please don't. Please don't okay. ever play that again. That's, a, that's not so much a cone of silence as it is like a cone of flashback. Oh, it's freaking me out. All right, so and you could just carry. What is it like? On a, it's like on a keychain or something. You like? Is it like that thing I have from Think Geek that lets me turn off televisions in any public place? Something no, like that. Yeah. Not that I would ever use that. Of course, mm-hmm. I use that all the time. I mean, there may be some situations. Say you want to have a private conversation in your office with your coworkers about something that you don't want other people to hear. Use the cone of silence. I can't imagine any eventuality or case in which that would be the matter, uh, Tim. I uh, I can't possibly imagine a circumstance under which I would need such a device. All right. Well, I guess it's not for you. That's right. Tim. All right. Well, in any event, um, it, it just it, by the way, just on that note, because I made a note to myself last hour about Sarah and her earplugs, because Sarah is uh, house sitting for Lisa Wood, mm. who is our promotions director and co-host of the Punk Show. And you were talking about falling. I have so much dog hair. You're doing that thing again of compulsively picking off the dog hair. And I do see one. Is that a large piece of dog hair right there? No, this is. I don't know. I got is that just a stain of some other kind? Yeah, I think. Yeah, it looks like it got some paint on it or You're something. You're fantastic. I know, anyway. thanks. No, I'm completely covered in dog hair. Like, God bless Annabelle. She's the cutest thing ever, but she sheds more than any animal I've ever you seen. you got to tell the dog to stop shedding. Uh, well, I was. Uh, I think it was last. It would have been last Tuesday, last Wednesday. I'm out in Beaverton, and I'm, I'm taping an episode of Outlook Portland, and I'm wearing a black button-up shirt, and then I realize, of course, that I've neglected to bring it all. I have nine different lint rollers. But did you ever do this thing where you have a whole bunch of one kind of item, and that is theoretically so you can have one at every place you would need it? In other words, I have a lint roller for home. I have a lint roller for here. I have a lint roller out at the um, out of the Northwest 32 studios where I'm doing the TV show. But somehow, they're no longer spread out. Now, all the lint rollers have gathered in one place, and they're all in the bottom drawer here at the radio station, which is fantastic and stupid because this is where I need it the least. Like, why do I need to be lint-rolled at a radio station? I'm A, I'm on the radio, and B, everybody here is a savage. So it's not like I really need to look good for anybody that's in this building, yet all the lint-rollers are here. 
So I'm out at the uh, at the TV studio, and uh, I looked at it, and I realized I'm just covered in small white hairs. And then it's that whole question of, like, uh, can anyone d- tell? And so then I'm having to have the TV crew do, like, test shots to see if all of the dog hairs are actually visible. You know, are you divaing on up? camera? Well, that's not that. The dog hairs. I need to test shots. It's not that. It's, just, it's like that I want to know because if they can't be seen, then you know what? So much the better. Because I don't think they're doing like an HD broadcast or anything at this point. I think it's just the regular uh, plain old television. But if they can be seen, then you have to do the universally known technique of walking through the office and trying to find some sort of packing tape that you can wrap your hand in. And then you just sit there like an idiot for 15 minutes going... Trying to take all of the the hair off your clothing, like the one square inch at a time. So Sarah is house-sitting for Lisa Wood, and you're sleeping with your earplugs in uh, last night this morning, which is why you don't hear your alarm clock going off. Mm-hmm. And so that reminded me um, that we, I was thinking about that because of this cone of silence thing you were just playing. Yes. You know what they ought to have? They ought to create, I don't know why somebody hasn't made these, they ought to create some kind of an earplug that, uh, that is a combination earplug and alarm clock. And then as you get closer to morning, a very, very, because it would have to be, um, you know, it would have to be and could be very low volume level. You wouldn't want it that loud because it's right in your ear. But you set it uh, maybe with an external uh, device or you hook it up to your computer or something, or maybe it's just like a tiny chip in the earplugs themselves. You set it for, let's say, 6 a.m. And as it hits around 5.30, just a very, very low uh, volume level starts to play, like some sort of, uh, you know, like a gentle That's soothing genius sound. That's put it inside of the earplug. That's what I'm saying. And it doesn't come right out of the gate with like a... Sound. It ju- it starts off very quiet and then it gradually increases in volume level and frequency until you are fully awake. And then it's right there in your ear. And the thing is, you could hook it up to like a, your laptop or to some sort of uh, some sort of existing external device. It could be like a blue. It could be a Bluetooth thing. And all they need to do is just take a tiny little uh, speaker like the kind that they use in a phone earpiece and they stick it inside a pair of foam uh, earplugs, which are already in the market. I mean, the component parts already exist for this. That's kind of genius, actually. You are a genius. I am, Tim. All right. I'm glad that somebody finally acknowledged that. It was about time. <laughs> I didn't want to just have to start demanding it. You'll be receiving a plaque later this morning. Oh, I'm almost uh, certain that that's not the case. It's 503 Straight ahead this hour, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop, uh, as well as Don Taylor from Cinematical and Katie Darrell from TMZ. Ladies and gentlemen, not TNT, the ACDC uh, song, which is off the album High Voltage, not uh, Power. That's what I was just thinking. TMZ. Thanks so much. You're four minutes away from Lenny Kravitz. It is the Rick Emerson Show, which means that in just 13 minutes, you'll be graced by more of Sarah Exton, Tim Riley, and myself. This is Rock 101 KUFO. <laughs> One-stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. Nazis have boobs, too. RickEmerson.com It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Tuesday morning, 503-228-4101 is our telephone number. Coming up here in just a few minutes, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop from Los Angeles about Miss California, who may or may not be Miss California within the next half an hour or so. Uh, Don Taylor joining us from Cinematical later on to talk about DVD releases today. Katie Darrell from TMZ. Sarah X. Dillon is here, as well as Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. You are going to be so tired of this story because these two women are going to be everywhere. You mean me specifically or we as a population? You and the entire population. Excellent. Well, let's get the fatigue started, shall we? Two women accidentally switched at birth. No, no, no. Kay Renee Quails and Deanne Schaefer were born at Hepner Hospital the same day, 1953. 
And the two thought that they were with their real families. Turns out a DNA test shows no, they were switched after they were bathed by the nurses and given back to the wrong mothers. All this time they had no idea. How did they find out? Well, apparently a nurse or someone associated with the baby switching told someone in a nursing home that it was true. A DNA test confirmed the woman was right. They were switched at birth. They've been the wrong people all along. And this is exactly one of those things that you know is going to end up on Oprah by the end of the day. Oprah. I mean, this is right now. Every single person you Lifetime can... Lifetime movie. Larry King's people are on the phone right now. To, I demand an interview with the switched at birth women from Hoepner, Oregon. Please to get them on the show now. Well, that's wonderful. And the women themselves are how old? See, they were born in 53. How old does that make them? 50, uh, 56. 56. All right. And it's only because the woman in the nursing home... Who should home, be cast in this movie? The, the Kathy Bates and... Wait, wait. Kathy Bates. Do the women look... Well, they must look similar because otherwise the... Oh, all no, they babies don't look kind of look alike. Well, but they, but they, I mean, they, they look similar at birth. They yeah, but they only now. they only stay babies for a little while, Sarah. Eventually, they eventually no, but they're not when they were switched, anymore. they were both they're just, just little, yeah, babies. little pink things. But I mean, in other words, you wouldn't pick up on it at the time. But don't you imagine that they're fifty six over the course of uh, you know their childhood uh, that there's any uh, number of right, un- unpleasant silences across the dinner table oh, yeah. as dad looks at the daughter and then looks back at the mom and then dad looks at himself in the mirror and then looks back at the daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just speculating. That's, that's the sort of thing that can lead to tension in a marriage. Well, if- I, I've heard things similar to this before about uh, some guy who was always told that. He was dark because he was Italian when his dad was actually an African-American and his mom was Caucasian. So he was told all his life and, until he met his real father. And it was the sort of thing that uh, mom just made up some sort of some alternate story for. It's one of those big family secrets that everyone knows is wrong, but nobody questions. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's like it's, uh, I don't mean to speak for the uh, switched at birth uh, uh, chicks or whatever, but, I, you know... The, but, you know, switch the bread chick. Well, you know what I mean? Whatever. Whoever whoever raises you, you know, are your parents. I mean, that's that's the thing about, like, being adopted. That's why there shouldn't be any stigma to that. Doesn't doesn't really matter. Uh, but, but it is sort of interesting because when you picture this in your head, because if they were born in 53, aren't you imagining, like, a 1963 sort of dinner table? And there's, like, the four blonde people and there's, like, the girl with the jet black hair sitting there. And what are y'all looking at? Quit looking at me. Um, no, but you are uh, you are right though that they are going to be uh, omnipresent. You will not be able to escape them by the end of the week. Well, imagine your life being so meaningless that they use your dad's picture in your obituary. Such is the case of Michael Landon's son found dead. He has a name. It's <laughs> he has a name, but it's unimportant. Mark. Mark, Mark Landon. It is immaterial for, for our no, purposes here. This is all true. And it's not funny. It's a death. Mark Landon, the adopted son, another adoption of oh, Michael Landon, God. has been found dead in his uh, place in North Hollywood. They were sent to investigate the cause of death. No indication of foul play. He's 60 years old. He was adopted by Michael Landon and his then-wife, Dodie. I like you talking about him like he's from the House of Galvador and whatnot. <laughs> Mark Landon, son of Michael, uh, found dead. Do they? Are they using that one stock photo of Michael Landon where he's got the big, uh, the white big man's hair? Ring, uh-huh. It's like it's not even the white man's fro so much as it is. It's like the weird fro meets Jesus ringlets meets Jimmy Page circa song yeah, remains it, the same. It's like the Farrah Fawcett hair from the 1970s. <laughs> it totally is. It's beautiful. He's got smaller nipples, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so It's anyway. true. That's a scientific fact, Sarah. Uh, there's uh, nothing yeah. blue about that observation. That's uh, Those are these just... A... Is she notorious for... Wait, what? 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 Look over there. Here's Tim Riley. Say, we've already forgot about Michael Landon's son, Dead. Who? He appeared in three movies, including us, in 1991. It's unknown if he's done anything since 1990. It doesn't matter now. 
I mean, really, whatever evolution there's been in his uh, career, I would say that it's probably ceased at this point. I would say the forward momentum of his of his Hollywood arc has ended. I mean, his gravestone is just going to say Michael Landon's son. His his gravestone should totally just have like a carving of his dad with a huge fro, <laughs> like a beaming a beaming sunshine picture of Michael looking, Landon looking down from from the heavens. <laughs> now his son Mark is on a highway to obscurity. Well, that's, so that's too bad. Well, and apparently, you know, here's the thing. Apparently, Michael Landon was just a bastard, though. So I yeah. heard that. Well, like he I... had an affair with his makeup artist. Really? Yeah. Well, that's on odd. The house, uh, you, you figure, on the set of Little House on the Prairie. You figure your makeup artist knows how hideous you look in real life. I mean, so, I mean, of all the people that, that are going to stoop you, it seems like your makeup artist would be near the bottom of the list because they know that you're, they know you're awful looking. Yeah, but they spend all that time alone in the trailer every morning. Well, he's sitting there just putting down shots of Jack Daniels before going out and pretending to believe in Jesus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I'm sorry, but now we're back to talking about Michael Landon. What was his kid's name? I'm looking here. Uh, Dodie? Mark. Mark. <laughs> Who's Dodie in this story? Dodie? No, no, you're thinking of his ex-wife Dodie from 1956. Dodie isn't a proper name. That's not a... Dodie is not the... Uh, that's not the Christian name. Well, that's why he divorced her. But, I mean, what... Well, what he's he, not a, uh, Michael... Well, but, but when I say Christian name, I mean, that's not a proper first name. Is Dodie short for something? Do, do, dodecahedron? Uh, Dodie is a name. Dodie is a name. How do you spell do, D-O-D-Y? No, no, D-O-D-I-E. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, do die. <laughs> and he did... Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson from Los <laughs> I don't know if that was a deliberate setup or not, Tim, but I like how it ended there. Good alley-oop. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Hello, sir. Yaman, how are you? I am uh, I'm fantastic. Please to forgive our juvenile uh, inanity that uh, preceded your segment here. I'm sorry. But we just find it amusing that when you die, they put your dad's picture next to your obituary instead of your own. Seriously, I mean, do are there even photos of Mark Landon that exist? No, I'm on the KTLA website, ktla.com, Jim Roop. And if you look to the right, <laughs> actor Michael Landon's son found dead, and there's a picture of Michael Landon there. Uh, how, old, his son. how old was the kid? 60, it says. Are you kidding me? Adopted in 1956. So how old was he? How old, how old was, was Michael Landon when he adopted him? Uh, how old know. would Michael Landon be now if he were still alive? I don't know. Maybe Jim Roop knows. I don't know. Wow. Okay. Michael Landon seems like a very unlikely star. Don't you think? You look back now, you look at that guy. He doesn't seem like a guy who would become a celebrity. I was good as uh, Little Joe. No, there's no getting around that. I mean, uh, that's true. Bonanza is, uh, you know, that that is an unimpeachable piece of American uh, popular culture. I mean, culture. you remember him. Nobody talks about Hop Singh anymore. No. I... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to Haas? So that's weird. So Michael Haas Landon would be 73, which means he's only 13 years older than his adopted son. Well, well, I guess if well, he Well, this was... is Hollywood. But if he was like 30 and maybe he adopted the kid when he was like 17, well, no, that wouldn't make any sense either. You wouldn't adopt a kid when he was 17. What would be the point? That Although, would be terrible. I have to say, can I just make this observation? I'm sorry, Jim, for taking over your segment almost immediately. That Lara and I have talked about adopting a kid that is like 17 and a half. And then it, just so we can then uh, start to, you know, so we can get that self-righteous parent thing. And we can start to go, well, as a parent, let me tell you why my import, my, my opinion matters more than everyone else. But, no, no, no. That's when they get expensive, man. No, but see, but then but, they, but we would just say, like, well, you're, you're on your own. You know, pull your, it's time for you to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, kid. It's a hard knock life. So then we got like six months of taking care of the kid. And then we would just refuse to support the kid the rest of our lives. But then we would be allowed to refer to ourselves as parents whenever we want to bitch about something. So, oh, okay. You got a point there. I'm just saying it's the best of all possible worlds. So. All right. Um, well, speaking of Californian celebrities and, and, and so forth. So I should say first and foremost, and I think I speak for all of us here. 
I don't really care about Miss California one way or the other. I, I don't re- really care th- that much about whether she keeps the crown. I don't even really care what she thinks about the divisive issues of the day. It seems like if you ask a divisive issue, and I think you touched on this the other day, because I asked her the, the gay marriage thing. If you ask somebody a divisive issue, you then forfeit the right uh, to be surprised when they say something that irritates half the country. Well, see, that's what I liked about the news conference yesterday. They said, you know, uh, they, you should never put a 21-year-old girl in that position uh, of such a volatile question. So, I mean, that answered my question right away. Why would you allow a question like that and then not be prepared for the answer? Right. Uh, because you're going to tick off half the people. Yeah, it's like, what do you think about gun control? And you can already tell that half the country is just getting ready to throw something at the television. Yeah, so. So, they, so they were they were supportive of her opinion. In fact, they said, we ask or we we help young women develop opinions. I mean, that's that's their goal is, is to develop young women. <laughs> that's not everybody's goal. Really? That was... Me. That was going to be my fallback career if radio didn't work out. <laughs> she does look well developed. She she does indeed, but Sam Riley. What they're ticked off are, about are um, the other contract breaches. Um, the, you know, the photo of her in the uh, in the lingerie shoot. They said that that doesn't concern them so much because if that was a legitimate modeling job, that wouldn't be the the deal breaker for getting into the pageant. Uh, but the fact that she didn't disclose it is a problem for them, and the fact that they can't get a hold of her now. She's out doing appearances under the name of Miss California, and uh, well, she like doesn't have a phone. She can't be reached. Yeah, well, they can't. They have to go through handlers, and they're going. Wait a minute, that's our person. You know, where does one get handlers? Is that the same place one gets a posse or perhaps an entourage? I think I think that, you know, and, and what they alluded to yesterday is that this, you know, they they pounced on this girl. You know, she made that same-sex marriage comment, so all the institution of marriage people are out there grabbing onto her saying, you need to be a spokesperson for us. We'll pay you this to say this. And and uh, so she she's kind of in that. And I, I you know, and they really... I mean, they were really ticked off at at some of these organizations yesterday. It was pretty, you know. I, I mean, it was. It turned out to be a pretty good news conference just because of all the anger that was there. Oh, I'm for anything that divides people and makes the world a, oh, a, a less pleasant place. So here's the thing: it's already worked out really well for her because let's say uh, that Trump just just pulls the ripcord. He just says, "Well, you know, you you can you're out," and he you know, and he boots her to the curb. You can. I mean, you just know, just in your bones. That even if they if they blow her out and take the uh, take the crown, that by the end of the day she will have a book deal, uh, you know, where she will write her alleged memoirs, and it'll be called something like the book. The book will have a title like "Standing for Something," you know, or whatever. Yeah. And then like she'll and then you know and then she'll have like a guest panel uh, slot between like uh, Sean Hannity and that uh, you know Michelle Malkin or something. Well, look, if she was ugly, she'd be out. But she's going to have not only a book deal, but someone's going to hire her for some sort of uh, you know sitcom, not sitcom maybe, but some. TV drama. She's going to wind up in a movie. She's going to have a pretty good career based on all this controversy. So she probably doesn't care about the crown that much either. Although she will be in New York with Donald Trump when he makes his announcement today. Well, they, I mean, she's kind of you know she's got the world by the ass on a downhill drag right now. Well, they do need somebody to fill in for Elizabeth Hasselbeck now and again. So you know, and yeah. who knows? Maybe she'll wind up you know pitching orange juice, just like uh, what's her name did. Anita Bryant. Anita Bryant. Good reference. I sir. have an idea for Sitka. How about the Octo Mom's Maid? Hey, so. <laughs> Or they could just, or or they could do uh, like some reality show where she lives with a gay couple. There you go. Somebody got to do that wow. right now. And then you call it. Wait, wait, wait. You call it um, a gay old time. No, that's like a Flintstones thing. 
Well, never mind. Okay, but you, you see where I'm going. All right. Yeah, I do. So, and you know what? She'd probably do it because she said, you know, Americans have the right to choose. But as far as she's concerned, it's this. It, you know, she feels it's this way. She hey. didn't say people should have her opinion. She just said, that's my opinion. No, no, see, I say people should have my opinion. That's no, my job is to that's tell everyone. That, that's why you have a microphone. That's, and also because I'm ugly. So <laughs> there you go. Closing of the circle. Jim Roop in Los Angeles. Thank you, my friend. You betcha. All right, there you go. That's uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Oh, you Ladies forgot the gentlemen. gun story. Oh, damn it. Well, we'll do it tomorrow. All right. Well, we should talk about it today, and then I'll mention it to him tomorrow. We've got this. In fact, when we come back, uh, let's uh, let's talk about this. Do you ever see a news story and then at the bottom of the page there's some photo from a story that's like five years ago and you're not and there's no explanation like you're not quite sure why they're running an old photograph but they got that Heather Locklear mugshot here where she looks like Gollum oh yeah you know she's just a whole lot of precious Percocet. <laughs> all right it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one back after this it is the Rick Emerson show uh, we are four minutes away from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and it is the Rick Emerson show which means that six uh, minutes from now we will have uh, a thing and then another thing. Followed by some more stuff and happenings. Track 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. And it's just waiting for instructions from its creator before actually spawning. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Ladies and germs, thank you for coming by. In the next hour, we'll have Dawn Taylor from Cinematical. We'll talk about DVD releases. And she's got a brand new uh, article about the new Star Trek film uh, as well. Katie Darrell will be here from TMZ.com. We're going to be giving away a pair of passes to see Cinematic Titanic live and in person. That is Joel Hodgson and some of the other original cast from Mystery Science Theater 3000 coming to town uh, to do their thing live May 29th and 30th at the Newmark. Uh, we also have the Dana Carvey Show on DVD. This, however, is Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Paul Allen is selling KXL and its FM sports affiliate to a former radio mogul. The selling price being kept under wraps. The new owner is Larry Wilson, who once owned Citadel Communications before selling the company for $2 billion in 2001. Since then, he's been hanging out on his Montana ranch. Looking for something to do. Now Wilson wants to build a chain of radio stations based in the Portland area, and it'll be called Alpha Broadcasting. Paul Allen is the 32nd-ranked billionaire in the world with $10.5 billion. Well, the governor of Washington has signed a bill that lets people have easier access to the bathroom. Uh, the original proposal Thank required God. retailers without public restrooms to allow people with inflammatory bowel disease to use employee restrooms, but they have to have a card. So if you want you to have use to have it, a card that says I have inflammatory <laughs> I have bowel, bowel disease. Problems. Inflammatory bowel disease card, please. Pardon me, I've got loose stools. It's on this laminated card right here. And this was pushed by Pearl Jam guitarist Mike McCready. I don't think he who has bowel problems. Talk about pushing anything. Tim, if it's all the same to you. <laughs> ah, ah, Poop humor. Here's Tim Riley. Playboy will need a facelift to stay in circulation. They're going after uh, younger guys. This is the 56-year-old magazine. It has soft porn struggles going on. So why on earth? Soft they... porn struggles going soft on. Soft porn struggles. Really? Yeah. Is that is that on a card as well? Right next to the I have inflammatory bowel <laughs> yes. disease. So I'm sorry. I've got a I've got projectile stool issues and also soft porn disease. You know what I'm talking about, guys. Absolutely. Does this mean that? Shirley Jones will grace their center insert. She wants to pose nude at 75, and her husband is all for it. I'm all for gracing her center insert, Tim, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Seriously, you're killing me today, Rick. 
I'm sorry? You've got, you're killing me today. I'm trying to provide. I think he's killing us all. Trying to provide edgy humor <laughs> for the people. Well, but there's just too much here, so we have to, we have to back up, though. Well, that's uh, a little sad. That's like the smell of desperation and trying to save your marriage, allegedly. Wait, which but, story are we talking about? Are we talking about Playboy talking about? or Shirley Jones or Bowers? Shirley Jones when she's 75 and she's like, and her husband's way behind it. Oh, yeah. well, I, I don't care about him. I want to see Shirley Jones nude and I don't care how old she is. I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't, and I'm not going to lie, but like, she looks just as good as she did when she was 25. That's a lie. Uh, that's not true. There's, there couldn't be anything further from the truth in that statement. But you have to be like Joan Rivers to make that statement. Oh, dude. Uh, well, I talked I about. I saw her Larry King last night. Uh, was she, Joan Rivers? Was yeah. she there because she's pushing the celebrity apprentice yes. thing? Do you see why I made that observation yesterday that even though it is a very trite and cliched thing to talk about, they like her face. They also used a soft lens on her. Th- th- but there's not enough, there's not a soft enough lens. That lens could be made out of jelly and it wouldn't be soft enough. I mean, there's no, it, it is impossible to describe how fake her face looks. Uh, she, her face looks like that, that alien autopsy dissection that they had the video of a few years ago. I was going to say that. Like, she doesn't really have a nose, just like little breathing slits right there in the front of her face. Yeah. Just, like she just has, she has sort of an amorphous opening that the food goes into. But like you wouldn't be able to pick it out of a lineup or anything. Um, the You know what she looks like, though, is that Jocelyn Wildenstein uh, woman in New York that had her face made like a cat or whatever. Oh, the she, cat lady. Yeah, in other, in other words, not the actual features but if you've seen those people who have compulsive plastic surgery, it is where the face itself looks to be a sort of plastic mask that they are wearing that is about an inch thick. Almost like they were taking a hockey mask covered in their own skin and putting it on. That's kind of what Joan Rivers looks like. Uh, and and she tries to diffuse some of that by kind of making fun of it, by, you know, by poking fun at her own sort of plastic surgery addiction. But you got to think that there just comes a point where you look in the mirror and you're like, "I this is going nowhere. This is things are trending in the wrong direction." Facially, well, she wakes for me. up every morning saying, "Well, I still look like Joan Rivers, don't I?" I guess. I mean, maybe that's the case. She kind of looks like a tranny version of herself. She does. Well, because it's funny you say that because on the last uh, Celebrity Apprentice, they were because you know the deal with the show is there's two teams and they're each given like a a money making task like they each it's something dumb it'll be like they each lemonade have to stand. yeah i was just gonna say they each have to run like a lemonade stand and so it'll be like gene simmons and toby keith and some guy running a lemonade stand and then like joan rivers and like uh you know hulk hogan and somebody running a lemonade stand at the end of the day whomever makes the most you know they win and then it goes to charity or something mm. so joan rivers they, they had to do some sort of uh you know some sort of a gala for something or other and she ends up getting a bunch of female impersonators and sure enough there is a guy there who looks like joan rivers and looked like like way hotter than than joan rivers does at this point and, and in fact hotter than she's looked since because she was never really like a beautiful woman but she had a certain she had that kind of bet midler thing going on because bet midler's kind of weird looking i mean mm. if you really take an objective have you seen her daughter no my god it's her doppelganger it's freaky what's it is her a- name I don't know. I don't know. I saw oh, her, her name is uh, her name is Divine, I believe. Isn't her name Divine? And I'm not talking about the big. I, I'm not sure. I'm not talking about the pink flamingos. Divine. I do believe that her daughter is named Divine, uh, and I because I think there was a book that Bettmendler wrote about the daughter. Uh, anyway, but so there's a female impersonator at this Celebrity Apprentice thing who, you know, is coming as Joan Rivers. And it looks, A, way more like Joan Rivers, and B, looks way better than Joan Rivers. Oh, okay, I'm looking at her right now. What are you looking at right now, Tim? At Ben Midler's daughter. Wait, let me yeah. look. Isn't wow. that freaky? That is unnerving. <laughs> yeah. I find that that's sort of disturbing and hot all at once. Yeah, it's incredible that how much they look That is really alike. freaky. 
Yeah, okay, I'll post a picture of that on my yeah, blog later on. Because I'm a big fan of Bette Midler. And she's, again, not a, not a conventionally beautiful one. She's not ugly, but she's, you she's know. A broad. She, that's, that's the thing. Is she's, she's kind of a big stump of a woman in some ways. But it's just that she's kind of so brassy that she gets away with it. Mm. And it's just, and it's like, not like I'm opposed to plastic surgery either, but it's just, you know, it's, it's all things in moderation. Uh, let's jump back to the beginning of this just for one second here. And we'll kind of quickly speed through some of these things. So the the thing about in Washington State, so the deal is if you've got a card that says, hello. It, I have irritable bowels. Please let me pee. <laughs> I think you're. Someone needs to take a good look at his Mr. Invisible kid again. If you have irritable bowels and then need to pee, you need more cards. <laughs> it's the Rick Everson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO, ladies and gentlemen. You are just uh, five minutes away from Green Day, 12 minutes away from more of Sarah, Tim, and myself. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-228-4101. Just ahead, we'll talk to Don Taylor from Cinematical. Later on, Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. We've got uh, tickets to see Cinematic Titanic, uh, which is the new project from Joel Hodgson and that half of the uh, group of guys that brought you Mystery Science Theater 3000. So they're going to be in town May 29th and 30th, the new marker with a different film each night. So we'll give those away later on today. And we've also got uh, the late, great Dana Carvey show on DVD. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories at the news desk on your Tuesday morning. A metal baggage container is sucked into the engine of a 747. A Florida mother is charged with neglecting her daughter's teeth. And a naked Florida woman knocks on drawers of a trailer park begging for cigarettes. Well, Where was that, Tim? Florida. But that doesn't count. You can't do it here. Because Those are he just said teases. Florida twice. He said Florida twice. I couldn't ignore it. Twice. Florida, Florida, Florida. I don't. It was a double Florida. I don't really. Okay, everyone stop. I don't really know that it counts at this juncture because it is not a full story. It is merely an observation. It's merely a... Someone's a sore loser. It is an over... I'm just saying it is an overview of things to come only. That's that's my only point. Now, we're uh, giving away uh, free breakfast to those on the bicycles in that Pioneer Courthouse Square this morning. This is the... I thought that was yesterday. I think that I think it's today. Is it all week? Is it like... A, yeah. Is this a national ride your bike to work week? Month. It's, yeah, it's month? Month. 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 Yes. Let's just pick a random word and keep saying it over and over again until it becomes funny to everybody who's high. Gazebo. All right. Next hour, macadamia. After that, bouffant. Uh, just real quickly here before we talk to Don Taylor. Uh, despite your uh, just past snarkiness about the Florida sounder, I will say this. I was watching the Susie Orman show yesterday, as is my want. And by watching, I mean these I, new episodes. being subjected to in the room. My wife was watching it. I don't really know. Do you know that Susie Orman just sort of vanished? A code of silence. There was just sort of, uh, it's like one day she was on television shrieking at time. people. And then uh, then she was just sort yeah, of gone. you were saying that yesterday. Yeah. She's nowhere to be seen. Where is she? Well, I think, here's the deal. I, my suspicion, and I don't really know. Uh, my suspicion is that Susie Orman, who is the uh, financial advice woman on, is it MSNBC or CNBC? I bet it, uh, let's see. CNBC. I'm like everybody else. I can't tell the difference between those two channels. It's a channel that nobody watches, but she's worth watching. CNBC. That's it. Right. Um, and, and so, but she does financial advice and she's, I hate to use this comparison, but she's sort of a Dr. Laura uh, type figure in that everything is your fault and you get the feeling that she's about to come through the tube of the screen like that grudge girl and beat you in the face <laughs> while setting fire to your credit cards. 
And there haven't been any new episodes for a while, and I suspect it's because she's in seclusion writing another book or something. I mean, she must be getting ready to crank out like some other sort of financial advice. Oh, like tome. a Peter Carlin type of thing. I think that's yeah, because I mean, because those things come out like clockwork, like about every seven months. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if last night was a rerun or not. I suspect it was because of the subject matter, because the thing on on Susie Orman is that. Her sort of trademark bit is a segment called, um, is it called Can I Afford It? Is that the name of the, yeah. of the segment? But it's where people call up on the phone and they will list some usually expensive, you know, luxuriant, luxurious. Yes. A word like that item that they want to buy. And she'll ask kind of like, how much do you make? How much do you owe? Like, what do you owe on your house? Are you buying or renting? Whatever. Right. And then she will assess whether or not you are allowed to buy the item. She will either approve or deny. Right. It's like I work at the, the Burger King drive up and I like a houseboat. Denied! Girlfriend! Bam! And then, like, there's a huge thing on the screen. Um, so a woman calls up yesterday, and I swear to God, right out of her mouth, Hello, Susie. I love your show. I want to buy um, tickets to a four-day cruise with the new kids on the block. Yeah. It's a Carnival Cruise Line, and it's going to go um, all around uh, the South Pacific, and I've been a new kids on the block fan for a long time, and um, it's something I really want to do, and uh, I was wondering if I could possibly be uh, approved to do this. And the long uh, story is that she has like a massive sort of debt, and uh, she makes like $4 an hour or something. Um, but they showed this photograph of the new kids on the block because it's, you know, the woman's just on the phone. And so on the right side of the screen, they're showing sort of Colbert style, just bullet points of all of her financial status. And on the left side of the screen, they're showing the most hideously outdated photograph of the new kids on the block. I don't know where they got it, but it was like, still in their like hanging tough face. Almost. I was just going to say it was like one step by step. It was like one. It was just one phase removed from what's his name? Idiot Donnie Wahlberg and his pork pie hat. That's step by step. That's when he matures a little bit. It was like he was said mature. Just sort of like a really bleached out poor man, Sam and Dave or something. Come on. It'd be like pointless to put up a picture of them now. Now it's just sad. (laughs) A bunch of balding men doing like funky chicken or whatever. Um, Picture room with the font. Sad. Yeah. I mean, it was, but but it was, it was really like they just went to Google image search and just, you know, immediately just NKOTB, bam, and just posted the first thing they could possibly find. Speaking of posting the first thing. So you sent me the photograph of Bette Midler and her daughter, Sophie. Yes. And I knew that the daughter's name came from one of Bette Midler's routines. So it's not divine. It is Sophie, uh, because Bette Midler has this alternate onstage persona called her, her name, whose name is Soph. Um, I will post that at rickemerson.com so you can see how unnervingly hot it is, how much they look it's alike. Not, I put it up at sarahxtolin.com too, but it's not hot. It's just weird. Well, it's haunting. I, I mean, I, here's the thing is that I find, uh, Bette Midler to be, you know, to be a very sexy woman in a lot of ways. A, cause she looks like she would just knock your teeth out if you crossed her. I mean, like if you just got on her bad side, like she would just have you taken out back and just dealt with. And I kind of got this whole, I'm sort of fatally attracted, you know, to Jewish girls anyway. And so there's like, and her daughter looks just like her. And so it's a whole weird, you know, it looks like some weird, like Disney ought to cast them in some time travel film. I mean, they look so much alike that there really needs to be some like father, like son, like mother, like daughter. Yeah. Uh, Don Taylor from Cinematical will be paying us a visit here in just a moment. Hello, Don Taylor. Hello, Rick Emerson. About what will we be speaking today? Well, we got some nice things on Blu-ray, a new edition of Galaxy Quest, and Liam Neeson as a Rock'em Sock'em action hero. Excellent. Galaxy Quest. All right. Uh, by Grab Thar's Hammer. That is on the way, ladies and gentlemen. After this, uh, I was going to try to segue really uh, really smoothly into this uh, Foo Fighters yeah, thing. Yeah, you and the segues are not friends today. You know, here's what it is. It's it's like that ACDC thing in the first hour where I was about to say that the I was about to identify it uh, incorrectly album-wise. Well, Rick, lucky for you, there's another ACDC song coming up maybe sooner than you think. I don't believe my ears. Uh, so... 
but now it's like I've psyched myself out. It's like I'm 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 trash talking myself in my head. So as I get ready to open my mouth to talk about the Foo Fighters, in the back of my head, there's this tiny little Pat Riley voice going, "Don't blow it! Don't blow it! Don't screw it up! I choke!" So, all right, let's take a running start at all it, right, shall let's we? Hit this post. By Grabthaw's Hammer, you're four minutes away from Velvet Revolver, and because it is the Rick Emerson Radio Show, that means you're only 13 minutes away from more of Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, and myself. It's Rock 101, KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Don't forget, if you'd like to learn about the magic of editing, you can go to KUFO.com, and you can hear an interview with this man, Scott Weiland. You can hear the before, 15 minutes, and the after, 4 minutes. The after, coherent. The before, not so much, courtesy of Greg Nibbler. Scott Weiland and the rest of Velvet Revolver. And now this is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming along. It is Tuesday morning. We are mere moments away from Don Taylor from Cinematical. Later on, Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. Note to self, I'm going to do a top five songs that white people listen to in a misguided attempt to seem soulful uh, and or spiritual. Okay. All right, hold on. Five. Spiritual. And I certainly wasn't thinking of Lenny Kravitz when I came up with this idea. All right. I'm not go. thinking of Carrie Underwood. <clears throat> Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on this Tuesday. They must be living in some kind of country club. It looks like your tax dollars are spent on $773,000 to give sodas to prison inmates. It's got to be stopped. What's the best place to be riding a bike? It's not in Oregon, but it's nearby. And... Los Angeles buys back 1,700 weapons, including a grenade launcher for $100 gift certificates at Ralph's. I'm sorry. It's just the way that you said that. <laughs> the way that you were doing this sort of weird, like, voice of prophecy uh, tease on the, it's not in Oregon, but it's somewhere nearby, <laughs> as though there were, like, an infinite number of places that are nearby Oregon. Like, it's some, like it might be Shreveport but or something. But it made you think, didn't it? It could be Islamabad. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Cinematical, our good friend Don Taylor joining us now. Hello, how are you? I'm, I'm good, I'm good, how are you? I'm fantabulous. My favorite part about watching Tim read the news is is the flourishes. The the, the listeners don't get to see the flourishes. As he was reading his little pieces, he was just flinging the papers off to the side. Well, just, Tim is, uh, maybe someday we'll have video in here, we can only hope. Tim is, uh, <laughs> you know, the lighting is certainly set up in such a way that we're going to look fantastic. We'll look so youthful. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to have to put on makeup in the morning. I'm going to have to get one of those Joan Rivers masks. I'm covered in stains. I still have my Viva Vendetta mask. I do you? Do that. Mm-hmm. Because I'll just do the you show. Have the second totally one. Do the, <laughs> we'll have to buy one. We'll have to buy one more. Just totally do the news inside a Mexican wrestling mask. It'll look like the Symbionese Liberation Army sending out a, a propaganda. You know, film. I have totally. to say that would be a hilarious gimmick to just do the show in a mask every day. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the well, <laughs> because the, the the lighting in here, the, the studio we were, you know, we did a, a midday show up until about six seven weeks ago, and the lighting in there was sort of I was compared to the Charlie Rose show, where the middle of the studio was fairly brightly lit, but then it was just like pools and chasms of blackness anytime you stepped away from the middle of of, of the studio, and in here. 
the lighting is, I would say there's more of it, but it's got this weird kind of yellowish tint to it, and we all look a little waxen. Yeah, some, some black rag pinned to the window. Well, it's like 70s. <laughs> so the boogeyman can't look in here. It's, it's like 70s this. track lighting, but the ceiling's really low, so the lamps are like like six inches from your face. <laughs> <laughs> we should put tanning bulbs in those. I That, that actually bears uh, repeating as well, that... So this part of the building, and I'm already examined the fact, by the way, that we're, we're going, uh, <laughs> going, going way, way late here, but I have to make this observation that this building does have a sort of Brady Bunch feel to it because there are certain sections that were added on later. But for instance, this studio, the KUFO studio, I mean, it does scream like about 1964 or something yeah. like that. Is there like any other place where we can add wood? I mean, <laughs> right next to these hot lights that are burning 24 hours a day. What can we put directly above these huge things that are generating heat 365 days? I know, Tinder. And then they made the entire ceiling out of it. And Don just noted that this is, you can tell this is from an earlier time in America because everything is much smaller. Ceilings, doorways, bathrooms. It's, you know, it's from before we all became such people of size in this country. And so it's like walking down Disneyland's Main Street where everything is sort of on a two-third scale. You walk through everything sideways. And then, then, as Tim noted, uh, we have this window, which I'm sure seemed like a good idea at the time. These things always do. But here in the KUFO studio, there's this floor-to-ceiling window that is, I don't know, I would say it's, I don't know, it's eight, seven, eight, nine feet high, and it's about four feet across. And the sun... I mean, the, the window is positioned so the sun just, it is like someone has put some sort of a, like a convection oven or something directly outside the window and just turned it in at us. And we don't exactly have the pillars of community walking by that window. When I was doing the punk show on Sunday night, um, there was a homeless man drinking a Mickey's 22 outside of my window, knocking on the window, trying to request songs. <laughs> hey, I want you to play some, uh, and you play some bad religion. Thank you. All right. King Leon. It was magical. The, I sent you a text, I think, on Sunday. Said, be, it was, beware the sketchy homeless guy standing outside. Yeah, I saw outside. somebody walking back and forth. I'm like, who is that? I'm like, oh, maybe it's a board hop. And then I realized I'm in here all by myself. I'm like, this is not good. That's, that is a thing you could only do on radio, by the way. Is it board hop or homeless guy? He's probably the same guy who has the bottle of the bottles of urine that he's sort of collecting outside the, uh, the window that you can see down the hall. Perhaps I did witness him peeing in the parking lot. Well, do, did I ever tell you what? I don't know if it was the same homeless guy, um, but it was... A homeless guy who, uh, this is some years back, was kind of like, he had like a full-on hibachi that he was setting up. Because our general manager at the time, a guy named Mark Whalen, who was no one to be trifled with, because he was like 100 feet tall. And he's like an ex-NFL player. He had played for the Dallas Cowboys, big guy, a guy who uh, had that very calm surface stillness. But the kind of surface stillness that was unnerving because you knew that there was just a furious cauldron of violent rage churning underneath all the time. Mark, if you're listening, hello. Uh, so the, sent us a very nice note when we got this job. Um, but I remember Waylon comes back from lunch at one point and he gets out of his you know Mercedes and he's walking in. And he just stopped for a moment and he looked and here's just some, some filthy scab encrusted homeless guy like firing up a hibachi. I mean, as though he, he's going to get some pork chops made. And Waylon just stopped and it was like he didn't even get angry right, right away. He just sort of paused as though he were trying to process this kind of like, as I said, like a cow looking at a dictionary going like, what's happening here? And he finally just said, man, you can't be cooking a hibachi here. And the homeless guy didn't even look up. He just like turns over the briquette. He goes, I was here first. And then... <laughs> And then Wayland just goes, 
All right. And he sort of like came inside. So, all right. Uh, so straight ahead, we'll talk about Galaxy Quest Special Edition. I like what I'm hearing. And uh, more news from Tim Riley later on. Katie Darrell from TMZ. Your shot at cinematic Titanic tickets. Ladies and gentlemen, you are just four and a half minutes away from Aerosmith. This is the Rick Emerson radio show, which means that you are only 13 minutes away from more of me, Rick Emerson. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Rock 101 KUFO, ladies and gentlemen. Segways, an important part of radio. It's the Rick Emerson Show, Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. In mere moments, we'll talk about the special edition uh, DVD of Galaxy Quest, which can be yours today. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on your Tuesday morning. Oprah tells some graduates it's great to have a private jet, a mansion in Santa Barbara, and her own television show. So can you. Wait, hold on. Does she still have the mansion in Santa Barbara? Do we know? I mean, the day's yes. not over yet, I suppose. Yes. All right. So far. A celebrity priest says he's torn between the church and his girlfriend. It looks like viewers to Anderson Cooper 360 are doing a 180. He's losing more viewers. And he, he's not at liberty to stop it. No, but his hair is still perfectly quaffed, Tim. Not a single strand out of place. It's what he does. He is a beautiful man. All right. Uh, Don Taylor from Cinematical. Hello. So Galaxy Quest is one of our favorite films on the show. We talk about that uh, movie all the time, and it's referenced uh, repeatedly. As well you should. And that is the Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver uh, thing that is sort of a... I mean, so it is basically... A Romana Cliff, as they say about Star Trek, where it's, uh, you know, the, the has been stars of some, uh, washed up has been sci fi series who are kidnapped by aliens who don't know uh, that the whole thing is fake. So are they re releasing this just to, to coincide with Star Trek? I mean, that I'm, almost has to be the case. I, that has to be the case. Uh, it also, it's, cause it's not, they're calling it the deluxe edition, but it's really not all that deluxe. There's, I think, a couple of new things on it in, in the extras department that weren't there, including one, deleted scene it's and uh the main thing is that it's uh a digitally remastered uh dvd so it's not like it looked bad to begin with but it's been years since uh the the first dvd was put out in fact it was actually the very first dvd i bought when i got my first dvd really was i i went out and bought galaxy quest excellent so um so yeah it's uh if if you love the movie as well you should or if god forbid you've never seen the movie it's it's just the greatest film it's galaxy quest is an idea that could have gone so poorly. I mean, it's a movie that really could have been bungled and mishandled, but it was obviously written by and directed by people who understood what is great and terrible about things like Star Trek all at once. The sort of you know the sort of mixture of of awful and wonderful. And it's just got a wonderful cast. I mean, uh, Tony Shalhoub, yeah. Alan Rickman. Um, the guy whose name I can never remember, who was the dad on Veronica Mars, um, Missy Pyle, right, as the, right. uh, as the alien chick. And one of the great things about Galaxy Quest 2 is that they really didn't stint on the budget. The special effects are top notch. Cause um, usually if a movie is a spoof, they tend to go really cheap with the special Things effects. Made out of cardboard. And they really actually committed to this. And it's, and it's, and it's hilarious. It's there's one of the funniest movies ever. The, the two greatest line readings in that film, uh, in my opinion, are where uh, Tony Shalhoub is, you know, he's sort of like beamed onto the alien ship or he's transported or whatever. And there's just like this massive explosion of light and sound and time space continuum fluctuates and a wormhole is torn open in the universe. And he's immediately go, and he beams right onto, you know, onto the deck. And then he just kind of has that understated, 
that was a hell of a thing. And then he just sort of walks off camera, which is gold. And and then, and, and Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman in the parking lot. And it there is like a department store, or it's like at a car dealership or something. And he's basically in his like pseudo Romulan outfit, and he's having to give his catchphrase to talk about the fact that they are basically the opening of a shopping mall. And he says, "Don Taylor, by Gravthar's hammer, what a savings." <laughs> Which is just, I mean, that sums up the whole thing right there, especially if you've watched those, like, the actual guys from the original Star Trek just become fatter and more bitter over the years. Just sitting there and standing at, like, one sort of bad, uh, you know, like, haircutting salon over and, you know, after another, just staring at William Shatner and just hating him and their beady little rat-like eyes narrowing as they sort of, you know, and you can tell that they're just wishing him into the grave. James Doohan especially, who played Scotty, who would just... I mean, he would just sit there at these Star Trek events, and he would just sort of, like, be, you know, by the end, he'd be, like, listing, like, 30 degrees to starboard, because you knew he was just, like, half on the bag, because he just hated, he just hated the gig, he hated the show, he hated Shatner, and, and Galaxy Quest does the really neat trick of taking all of that, and sort of, and making it funny again, and just sort of draining away all the, like, the weird sort of, like, bitterness that built up in that cast, and just isolating the funny parts. But it's also an exciting funny uh, science fiction adventure all on its and own. And it becomes legitimately thrilling again at the end. That's the other thing. It's also the first time uh, most of us noticed um, Sam Rockwell. Yes. And uh, Justin Long, isn't it? He had been in the TV show Ed at that point, but I, I think this was his, this may have been his first film. I'm not sure, but he's the uh, the dorky kid who uh, remembers. Uh, he's the he knows, uh, kid. he knows everything about the show. He's that kid that you hear at the beginning of our Geek Watch theme. Yeah, you know where Tim Allen is. There is no quantum flux. And also, uh, Sigourney Weaver, it has to be said, spends large sections of Galaxy Quest in a form-fitting uh, outfit that is uh, skin tight. So there's that. And and manages to do a wonderful... If you if you see the new Star Trek movie, and also if you go to Cinematical.com this morning and read my piece on my disappointment in how Uhuru was handled in the excellent new Star Trek film, then watch Galaxy Quest, and they do go into the entire nonsense of her basically having a character who just sits there and repeats what the computer says right. and wears a push-up bra. Right. And, you know, how many years has it been since Galaxy Quest came out? It's been, what, 10, 15 years? I don't know how long I think it came out in 97, so I think it's at least it's at least 10 or 12 years. Yeah, and now we have a brand new Fancy Pants Star Trek movie, and essentially... Uhuru is playing the same thing that they were mocking in Galaxy Quest. And I, there is also, just speaking of Star Trek, I have to say, jumping from, from uh, Galaxy Quest to the new Trek film, which is splendid. I mean, I have a couple real, real minor uh, complaints about it, but they are the very definition of minor flaws. One of the, the really amazing things about that Star Trek movie is how many things work in that movie that should have failed, such as the sequence where Kirk is humping it out with a green-skinned Orion girl. Which is the kind of thing that should have just seemed ridiculous, and yet it somehow didn't. I don't know how it played with just a regular audience. I mean, this, we were all kind of big nerds, uh, you know, at the, at the screening we went to. So I don't know how it played just like it, you know, at, you know like in Peoria. Um, but everybody kind of like smiled and acknowledged it, but it didn't seem flat out ridiculous. Uh, yeah, which... I really admired the way Abrams uh, threw like a laundry list of Trek references out for the fans and managed to work all of them in in very clever ways and you could sit there and i actually started to write a piece at one time and ended up jettisoning the idea of you know these of star trek bingo where you sit there and you actually start noticing because i did that the second time i saw the film it's like there's the vulcan death pinch right there's the set phasers to stun you know there's him making out with the the green skin chick have you uh, seen the uh, tribbles 
I, I didn't catch the turtles. I assume it's probably in the bar scene. I know where they are. Well, I'll tell you later. I don't want to spoil okay. it. I'll, all off the air, I'll tell you where the turtles I, are. I looked for them the second time, and that was one of the, the like the one thing I just couldn't catch. Uh, what else is coming out on DVD, Dante? Uh, well, if you collect uh, Blu-ray, if you're upgrading to Blu-ray, if you're employed and you have money and you can Wait, afford that Wait, is Blu-ray that the thing, thing that, is, that is going away? No, that's HD. Right. DVD. All right, okay. Uh, Fargo is on Blu-ray today, so you can replace your old Fargo with the new. Good, the Bad, and the Ugly on... Uh, on Blu-ray and uh, the Man with the Golden Gun Bond film, and then on both Blu-ray and regular DVD, I'd like to recommend uh, Taken, a movie that came out earlier this year. It's uh, directed by is that the Liam Neeson it thing. Is. It's directed by Pierre Morel, who is a, uh, a protege of Luc Besson, and Luc, who did uh, Transporter movies and La Femme Nikita. Luc Besson co-wrote the script for this, and Liam Neeson plays a an ex-spy. His uh, daughter is snatched. She goes off on vacation and is snatched by guys who were going to sell her into white slavery. And he just seems like a badass. It just in he the is. trailer, he is just the wrong person to have like you. Someone have kidnapped yeah. his kid, and it's basically Liam Neeson as an action as a super spy action hero, and just like he is getting his daughter back, and he rips Paris up. From from stem to stern. Can I tell you what? I am a huge fan of movies. This is a dev- there's two film devices that never get old to me. One is an action film or a movie in which there's considerable suspense that takes place in an enclosed area. Uh, for example, the original Die Hard. Uh, you know, or like Passenger Fifty Seven or something, where it's the, the, the you know where something takes place in an enclosed space where there's you can't get out of that area. Uh, I love that. I also love movies where, as you put it, something is taken and is you know is removed far away, and then a guy basically just destroys everything between here and there, getting that thing back. Uh, see also Man on Fire. See also Payback yes. uh, with Mel Gibson. It's it, it reminded me a little bit of Payback because it's it's one of those movies where I, I love those movies where. Something happens and it is coincidental to the fact that this guy is an ex super spy. And so by sheer coincidence, you know, his daughter just, you know, he was the wrong guy. to. And now I have to kill you all. That's another thing I love in movies, too. The the picking the wrong guy to F with. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Don Taylor, you can uh, read more of her musings at Cinematical or at CinemaSideshow.com. Straight ahead, Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. More from Tim Riley and uh, your chance to win cinematic Titanic tickets when we return. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. You are just four minutes away from Kings of Leon, ladies and gentlemen. And you are 13 minutes away from more of Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, and myself. Stay tuned, won't you please? KUFO. Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. You're just moments away from Katie Darrell from TMZ.com and uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Later on this hour, we have the late, great Dana Carvey Show on DVD. We're going to be giving away. This, however, is your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic live and in person. From the people who brought you Mystery Science Theater 3000 comes a whole new movie-riffing experience. Cinematic Titanic, starring the creator and original cast of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Cinematic Titanic continues the MST3K tradition of riffing on the unfathomably bad films of the past. May 29th and 30th at the Newmark Theater. Different movie each night. Tickets on sale now. If you can be caller 10 and correctly answer this question. In the 1959 film Plan 9 from Outer Space, what actor utters the immortal line... We are all interested in the future, for that is where we will spend the rest of our lives. If you can be caller 10 at 503-228-4101, and if you can reveal what actor utters that line in the 1959 film Plan 9 
from outer space. It's 503-228-4101. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ.com, our good friend Katie Darrell. Hello, Katie. How are you on this fine Tuesday? Good on Tuesday. I woke up in a good mood for one. Well, the last time we talked to you, you were sort of sitting in a darkened apartment with no internet, just staring sadly at the, at the floor, I think. So. I know, yeah. I mean, I, I was contemplating just ending it all. What, if you don't have internet, why go on? Really? It's, uh, it is what separates us from the savages, Katie. So what is, uh, what is happening today? All right. So today's a very big day for Miss California, Carrie Prejean. This is that girl who, you know, at the Miss USA competition, she is the runner-up because she answered the question by Perez Hilton that was about gay marriage that got him all up in arms and a lot of people in America up in arms. And then she moved forward uh, joining a bunch of different organizations without uh, Miss California's permission. Because when you, when you go and sign on to endorse things, I guess, you know, you, you've signed away your life already to Miss uh, California. So you have to get permission before you go and, you know, uh, you sell tampons, tampons or join organizations uh, like marriage to be only between men and women. Well, she did that, and that got her in trouble. She then has these photos have leaked of her uh, topless and in these pink panties, and apparently you're allowed to take photos like this as long as you said beforehand, hey, these photos exist. All right, well, she didn't, so she's in trouble for that. And this morning, she's in even more trouble because TMZ found more photographs, which you can see up online. TMZ never posted the photographs that were swirling around the Internet last week because Carrie was claiming that she was under 18 at the time. Well, the ones that we have that are posted... We're taking when she was 20 years old, so they're more recent, so she should remember them a little bit better. Well, today there's going to be a giant press conference, and Donald Trump is going to decide the fate of Miss California, whether she gets to keep her crown or not, after all of these lies and photos have been Wow. And let me just say, okay, so I just went to TMZ.com right now, and I'm looking at these. Yeah, these are, um, because I think she actually was talking about those ones where she was... It was kind of quasi-topless where she's, I guess she has her back to the camera or something yeah, and whatever. Yeah, kind of hugging her boobs so you get a little side booby action. These are, um, these, these are quite different because I think she actually said of those last ones, well, these aren't racy photographs. That is no longer a statement that rings true. These well, are... Um, so, yeah, they're definitely racy. Wow. Here's two things to describe. One, um, when you go look at these pictures, you need to take mental note that she's since had a boob job as well, so... I'm taking mental notes, believe you me, Katie. And they look great here. Like, I'm going to be one of the people that say, I don't think she needed it. And then number two, if if she gives a big excuse and a big fight as to about these photos, I'm putting my money down, all right? Ten whole bucks says that she says that these photos were not supposed to be that way, that that was a nip slip. It totally. No, the photographer told me they were going to be very tasteful. Yeah. I was told there was no nudity even as I was unbuttoning my vest and had no bra on underneath or anything else to speak exactly. of. Exactly. I had double-sided tape there the entire time. <laughs> it must just slip because the ocean breeze. It wasn't yes. supposed to be like that. That's what her excuse is going to be. God That's my, my guess. Well, I can't. Uh, all right. Well, I have to close this or I'm not going to get anything else done today. Uh, what else is going on at TMZ.com? Well, Michael Jackson's in a bit, bit of a bind right now. Um, remember, he, he has all these London shows coming up that were supposed to be his big comeback show and supposed to get him financially back on track. Well, apparently, there's this company, All Good Entertainment, and this is a company that put together a series of concerts where Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, and the other brothers whose names we don't always remember, but I think it's like Tito or something, uh, we're going to be playing these big concerts. And apparently, Michael Jackson's manager signed on the deadline and said, yeah, Michael's going to show up for these. Then Michael and his manager went forward and put together these London shows that are coming and happening. Well, All Good Entertainment, the first company, is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. The fine print says that you're not allowed to do other concert deals for 18 months. 
And now the big deal is, is this cease and desist going to happen? Is he going to have to pull out of these London concerts? Uh, or are they going to do the argument that Michael wasn't the person that actually signed the dotted line? His manager did, and at the time maybe the manager didn't have the right to sign on the client's behalf, even though typically you are. So we're going to have to watch this unfold to see if Michael Jackson actually gets to do this comeback tour, his solo tour, not the family one. It's a bad week for Michael Jackson because he, he, I, we were saying earlier, the people you don't want to irritate in your life are the people that handle your money and the people that handle your PR. Mm. And he already had a huge uh, implosion where his PR agent is suing him, and now he's got this going on as well. And of course, the best part about your PR agent suing you is that then when this implosion happens, there is no one to sort of pull your uh, to pull your fat out of the fire. <laughs> Good exactly. God. All right. Uh, Katie Darrell, TMZ Television airs on Fox 12 at 1130 right here in Portland, Oregon. Of course, you can find out more at TMZ.com or KatieDarrell.com. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, Katie. Thanks so much. All right. you soon. Oh, Donald Trump is about Katie to step Darryl. up to the podium. That'll be at uh, TMZ.com live. Too. Yeah, it is. Katie Darrell, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Katie. All right. 503-228-4101. Tim Riley, when we return, you'll have more news and information for the people, won't we, you? We might know Donald Trump's decision. Stand by. Fantastic. By the way, the answer to the cinematic Titanic trivia question, the answer is... Criswell! Criswell! All right, see uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101. KUFO, you are four minutes away from ACDC and only 12 and a half glorious minutes away for more of... Rick Emerson, Sarah X. Dillon, and Tim Riley on this, the Rick Emerson Show in Rockwell. KUFO Portland! It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. It is Tuesday morning. For the top of the hour, your chance to win a copy of the late, great Dana Carvey Show on DVD, ladies and gentlemen. On sale now, courtesy of Shout Home Entertainment. Uh, our good friend Buzz coming up at 9 with Smells Like the 90s. At the news desk with breaking news, this is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Go ahead, keep that crowd. Miss California Carrie Freejean can keep it. Donald Trump, who owns Miss USA franchise, announced his decision just moments ago, saying somewhat risque pictures taking of her are acceptable, fine, and yes, even lovely. These are just somewhat risque, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came under immediate scrutiny after the Miss USA pageant, during which she said she believed marriage should be kept between a man and a woman only. Right now, she's uh, ranting in a, with a prepared speech on stage. Screeching incomprehensibly about values and things. Mm-hmm. I did hear the uh, I'm proud to be an American uh, line. I did hear Your her thinking. Grandfather fought with uh, General Patton. <laughs> and I, she's only referencing one photo. She's not talking about all the nipple ones that are just coming out right now. And I did hear the, uh, I heard her thanking uh, God at one point. Mm-hmm. And that I, she actually refuses to address per, uh, Perez Hilton by name. She's calling him Judge Number Eight. Uh, so that is because I guess he's the one who asked uh, the question. So she was referencing him as judge number eight just now. I can't. I wasn't able to see the um, the actual video of it. Uh, is this is this was this like where Trump came out and he was kind of speaking at the podium or something, and then she came out afterward and just made the speech right after he did. Uh-huh. All right. What is she? Uh, what is she wearing, Tim? Does uh, she look as though she's been decked out for the occasion? I would say so. Yeah, she's attractively dressed. All right. Well, there you go. And none of her. Uh Anatomy is showing. I mean, no, you have to go to TMZ for that. Have you, did, Sarah? Did you see the um, the photographs? Oh of no, her? I saw them. And she's referencing one picture when there there are fifteen pictures here of her really? nipples hanging out. Oh yeah. Wow. Only fifteen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've modeled and never once did that accidentally happen to no, me. That is a uh, that's a you, you must sort of plan that. What a tramp! Like she's sitting there saying like I love America, yet she's. We're doing, we're doing that thing of, of inserting, of like sort of uh, overlaying a, she southern, has an accent a southern accent onto anybody that we dislike. 
So I'm looking at these shots at TMZ, and you're, uh, it doesn't seem... I mean, you're right, there's like 15 photographs in a row. About half of them are showing her, uh, bits of her that uh, presumably Jesus wishes uh, her to keep uh, private for her husband. Um, this doesn't really seem like an accidental sort of thing. I will say, I mean, they're great. I, I kind of agree with Katie Darrell's assessment. I mean, she looks really good in these pictures. Mm -hmm. I don't really understand why she felt the need to get the, to augment the Lord's creation. It seems like if God wanted you to be a B cup or whatever, then, uh, you know, you ought to respect God's decision. But, you know, what do I know? I'm not like on a first name basis. I stand here before you today a stronger woman than I was yesterday. And I'm proud of that. Thank you very much. It's all done. That's the triumphant She's conclusion. A hug Tim. from Donald Trump. Of course. Yeah, the, of course. The best part was Donald Trump. Uh, we'll have audio from this, uh, presumably in the next news segment. The Donald Trump saying um, that he's been studying the photographs carefully. So we've been in With a, a room. Glass. We've been looking at these photographs carefully for some time, examining every subtle curve and supple nuance of their beauty. Oh, there you go. So uh, what's your name? Miss California continues to... Uh, Continues to stick around, and we'll have her for an entire year. Well, and Sarah <laughs> really hit on something when there's these these twenty photographs, which you can see at TMZ.com. And I, somebody asked what they're safe for work. And I mean, there's no nudity because TMZ sort of put they, stars over the parts. Yeah, they they cover up the actual, uh, the, the, the you know the sort of area that's likely to get you in trouble with HR. I mean, there she is scantily clad. I will say that they are revealing, if not technically nude. So depending on how much of a tight ass your HR person is, uh, you may want to just sort of wait until you're on your lunch break or something. But um. So you go to TMZ.com and see those, but, but this is totally, but this is, this is like PR 101, right? Where she's got all of these photographs of her that exist. And so rather than addressing the larger point, uh, which is she spent a large portion of her earlier years kind of skanking around in front of anybody with Talk a camera. About her grandfather in the battle of the bulge. <laughs> Seriously. The, that she has seized on this one, uh, set of photographs that happened when she was 17. And that's kind of the thing that she focuses, which is what they tell you to do, right? Like you find the one tiny flaw or the one thing that you can exploit and you ignore all of the other things that are sort of happening. Uh, so you find like the one example that is totally non-representative and then you hold that up in front of everybody as though that were a depiction of the overall incident. People do that? They do, Sarah. And I find it to be weaselly behavior. I find it to be reprehensible and indefensible and the last resort of the scoundrel. People do resort to rewriting history, don't they? Yes, they do, Tim. Which brings us to our clergy watch. Here's your clergy watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Show. your clergy watch for Tuesday. The official Vatican spokesman said that the German-born Pope was never a member of the Hitler Youth, contradicting quotes of the Pope himself. <laughs> the Reverend Frederico Lombardi said the Pope was never in the Hitler Youth. Never, never, never. Isn't that the sort of thing that you would have a pretty clear yes or no on in your own head? That seems like a bit of a binary proposition. One was either a Nazi or one was not. And so if the Pope of all people actually copped to the fact that he was, uh, you know, uh, a Nazi. There's just no other way to put it. <laughs> there I is keep, no other way. I don't want to keep it. saying the Pope was a Nazi, but there's just there's like no other way around it. There is no way to, is, to soft say he's sell wrong. that. All right, so we are now they're calling him senile. I was just going to say, I mean, it's not like you've it's not like forgetting where your car keys are or maybe what you're supposed to have for lunch. If you are in fact forgetting the fact that you were not a Nazi, 
maybe you're not such an infallible pipeline to the Almighty. Maybe the Holy See is sort of the, maybe it's kind of the Holy Squint at this point. I mean, I'm just, I'm just speculating. I don't really know. Part two, the Reverend Alberto Cute, the Roman Catholic priest and international television radio celebrity who was caught in tabloid photographs kissing a, a woman. That can't be right. Said he was torn between two loves, the church and his girlfriend. You're sure that it's girl? That's what it says here. Okay. In an interview Monday with Maggie Rodriguez on CBS's early show, Father Cute said he was in a relationship for two years with a woman. You keep saying woman, Tim. I, I know. I'm, I, it says here, identified news reports as Ruhama Buni Kunulus, a divorced mother living in Miami Beach. He said he hadn't decided whether or not to leave her or the priesthood. I think they, when you love somebody, you, you just don't kind of say goodbye, said Father Cute. You have to assume your responsibilities in many ways. Is this that guy, because uh, I, I don't really follow the goings-on of, the Catholic Church at this point is sort of like ER anytime after season, like, 50. Uh, that I, I'm sort of dimly aware that it exists. Mm-hmm. And if something big enough happens, like, let's say George Clooney comes back, or they end John Leguizamo to the cast, I'm aware of it for a while, and then I forget about it again. That's how the Catholic Church is at this point. Uh, you know, so when something like this happens, like the Pope first being a Nazi, now mysteriously not being a Nazi, and then never, this, never, never. This, this, this uh, priest. So, is this the priest that is that they had kind of used as the public face of the Catholic Church recently? Because he was, you know, because he's kind of he's a good looking guy. He's kind of a hunky uh, looking uh, looking guy. He's in his like his, I don't know, his early thirties. Has kind of a Nathan Fillion thing yes. going on. Mm-hmm. All right, but apparently he's, you know, he, here's the thing: is that chicks find priests to be hot. I mean, that's like no one. I mean, Sarah, you're sort of wrinkling your nose like no, you I don't. I find them to be creepy. Well, no, they're creepy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're completely creepy. Uh, let's a man in a black skirt. <laughs> yeah, seriously, let's have... I think just because I've always had weird priests. Yeah, well, I don't think that's a coincidence. I mean, I think... Look, I'm not trying to pass judgment. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being a priest, but I'm saying it is, by definition, a sort of an odd career choice, and one that I would, in my assessment, would attract a someone cut from a different cloth. You'll, you'll pardon the pun. I, it just it doesn't seem like if it's the average, ordinary person... That's a thing you're going to do. So well, I think they are ha- having a hard time recruiting. Well, they are, Tim. Uh, and so they I got to start them younger. I... Yes. <laughs> that phase appears to be underway. Mm-hmm. That's your clergy watch for Tuesday. It's the Rick Emerson show. Cause I gotta have. It's uh, it's still 2009 and everything, right, Sarah? Yes, yes, it is indeed. You're sure? The year of the, the ass or whatever this is? <laughs> All right. I swear to God it says this. Uh, is this Space Hog that's going to be coming up in about 15 minutes? Perhaps it is, Rick Emerson. Well, okay. But what's coming up right now? Right now, Sarah Dillon, this is the Smashing Pumpkins. That means you're only three minutes away from Green Day's new single, Know Your Enemy. That's new rock from 21st Century Breakdown, which means you're only 13 minutes away from more of Sarah, Tim, and myself on the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Rick Emerson Show brought to you by such fine companies as Secret Artvark, Abanero Hot Sauce. Not Abanero. I'd like to thank, by the way, nobody else for correcting me. I've been saying habanero for like 15 years. I had some of that um, at this breakfast place called Genie's the other day. Genie's is great. Genie's is on, it's like Belmont or Clinton. Yeah, it's on on the corner of Division, 12th and Division. Um, I also, I had that along with a bacon um, Bloody Mary. A bacon vodka Bloody Mary. Wait, so when you bacon Bloody Mary. I put a little secret aardvark into the Bloody Mary. It was, so it was, it's bacon uh, infused vodka. 
And then is there like a strip of bacon to stir it with? There's a strip of bacon to stir it with. And I put some secret artifact in it as well. So it tastes like bacon-y and then it was all hot and spicy. It was amazing. Here's uh, the proof of the pudding or whatever that phrase is about secret artifact is that you find it at places that you don't... I mean, you look at something, it's like a southwestern sort of Caribbean hot sauce and you think of a certain kind of food that it's going to be good on. Uh, And, you know, and and it is good on food. Anything that has like a Tex-Mex flavor or something, it's certainly going to work with. But you'll also find it at a lot of places where you would think maybe it doesn't seem like a natural fit. And, uh, And I apologize for I'm not remembering the name of the restaurant, but Lauren and I went to get a uh, pizza a while back. We were on Northwest uh, 23rd, and we walked in, and it was on every single table. Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce, because it goes with everything. And it, it sounds like maybe I'm just mouthing this at you, but I'm really not. It will go with an astonishing number of foods, because it's all natural. It's got tomato. It's got vinegar. It's got habanero. It's all blended together. It's a proprietary recipe from right here in Portland. It's a Portland company, and most importantly, uh, they are fans and supporters of the Rick Emerson Show at Secret Aardvark. So you know what? You do yourself a favor. Do your taste buds a favor. You go to secretardvark.com. That's two ways. Secretardvark.com to find out more about it, where to buy it, where they serve it. Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. One sauce to rule them all. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-228-4101, ladies and gentlemen. 503 503- and if you can be color 10 right now, you will win a copy of The Late Great Dana Carvey Show on DVD. Saturday Night Live veteran Dana Carvey takes a decidedly hilarious spin on politics and pop culture in this amazing sketch comedy series. And, you know, that's like written on the copy, so I'm supposed to say, but it really is true. Um, that's what you're saying, that it was very underrated. It's a great and very show. Hilarious. Really just this so far ahead of its time. Uh, it had Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert kind of before they were you know, really known to the public at large. The DVD is available on Amazon and brought to you by your friends at Shout Factory. You can call or ten at 503 503- Two two eight four one zero one. You win a copy of the late great Dana Carvey. It's not actually called the late great Dana Carvey show. I just keep calling it that because it was sort of underappreciated. Whenever you say late great, it sounds like Dana Carvey's dead. No, he's not. He's, he's like the late Kathy Faulkner at KISW. He's just uh, that's just uh, he's very much alive. Uh, let's do uh, take this call, then we'll uh, find out what today's biggest stories were with Tim Riley. Hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Who might this be? Hey, Rick. This is Ryan. Hello, sir. How can I help you? I was calling to see if you knew about a uh, new zombie movie that's coming out. Uh, it's a foreign film called Dead Snow. Dead Snow, Nazi zombies, yes. Nazi zombies. Yeah, it is, uh, it's zombies and Nazis, and I realize that I'm just saying the same thing backward again. Because really, what else? I mean, it's the very definition of high concept. What else do you need to know? It's Nazis, it's zombies, it's guns, it's blood, and I think there's boobs. So it's pretty much guaranteed to be the best thing ever. Although it might anger some of the, uh, the real big zombie fans because the zombies run. Yeah, well, see, then you get back into that whole, are they Romero zombies or is it like a 28 days later zombie? And I think that what I've heard is the, the distinction that people have started to draw in popular culture, because in Left for Dead, which is the first person shooter for the 360, which is awesome, uh, that uh, on which my username is just Rick Emerson because I'm lame, um, it, they run. And so people have started to say that if they're slow, they're zombies. If they run, they're not zombies. They're the infected. And that's like the that's the Night of the Living Dead 28 days later uh, demarcation there, sir. The, I think one of the greatest scenes, though, uh, that you can see in the preview is when um, the two guys head out to fight them off with a chainsaw and the sledgehammer. It's, and then oh, I saw that. That's what so gross. It is, it is awesome. Uh, I, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll put the trailer up at uh, rickemerson.com or something. But, yeah, you go to Ain't It Cool, all one word, com, and you can see that there as well. So I don't even know when. Is it, is it out on DVD now or does it come out? To, I don't even know what the release date on that is. I think it's going up to theaters. I just don't know if it's going to go to theaters here. Oh, I hope so. Uh, that would be fantastic. All right. Thank you, my friend. You can actually find it on YouTube also. Excellent. I am all over that. Ryan, thank you for listening, sir. 
problem. All right, there you go. That is Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. At the news desk, let's pay a final visit to your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. And our top stories, Yahoo has won the first round of a suit by a Portland woman claiming it allowed her husband to post pictures of her online. A Washington state woman claims she was sold for 30,000 pesos. And Donald Trump moments ago said it's okay for Miss California to keep her crown. The pictures taken were acceptable. They were fine. In many cases, they were actually lovely pictures. And in some cases, they were modeling pictures. They were succulent and uh, tasty. And every, Could he sound more everyone. lecherous? Seriously, that's, I've been inspecting them in the back room all alone repeatedly. All right, fantastic. Well, more on that uh, tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so just so a few minutes ago, we were talking about uh, the Space Hog song coming up. Do you ever like a thing where your brain folds in on itself? Cause suddenly, all the time, just like a contact lens. Ah, oh, that's creepy. Um, suddenly, I wasn't here. It was uh, I was back in in uh, Utah again. So we were going to be uh, playing in the meantime, which is that Space Hog song. And that guy's married to Liv Tyler, by the way. So kids, pick up a guitar. Pick up a guitar. Write one hit song. Uh, you get to uh, hump Steven Tyler's daughter. That's life advice from the Rick Emerson Show. We want to thank Bob Costantini, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Uh, we want to thank Katie Darrell from TMZ.com and Don Taylor from Cinematical. The Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Exilin for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, CBS uh, Radio Portland marketing uh, guru, Susan Donaff with me, Reynolds, executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock, smells like the 90s next. My name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening. Be safe. It is Tuesday, May 12th, 2009, and that is the frequency, Kenneth. See you all tomorrow. Bye.